Too many who know the angles Uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle be in I'm Dapper Dan Gavathan, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which definitely count. And I'm mischievous Mark Chinacchio, and I also own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, but the annuals do not count. Welcome, everyone, to the Amazing Spider-Talk, the show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe Thanks for joining us for this review episode of The Amazing Spider Talk. Today on the show, Dan and I are going to be discussing Sinister War number two. This issue was written by Nick Spencer and Ed Brisson with art by Mark Bagley, Diogenes Neves, Carlos Gomez, and Zay Carlos. Inks by Andrew Hennessy, John Dell, and Andy Owens, Carlos Gomez, and Zay Carlos. Colors by Brian Reber and letters by VCs Joe Caramunga. A cover by Brian Hitch and Paul Mounts. This issue was first released on August 4th, 2021. Dan, I think that there were more creators on this comic than content. What's I feel like the events of this comic would likely be better summed up in like two or three pages of, of normal comic book issues. And this is a $4.99 book, and we very rarely talk about the economics of comics. But in this case, I, I really, I mean, like bang for your buck. I, I don't even feel like we got like a whimper for five bucks. This is just, to me, like it summarizes all of the things that have been the most frustrating about this creative arc since it began, especially when it pertains to Kindred. It's like, you know, this is this is a lot that can be summarized in more economical fashion. You know, it's a special event book. It's something you, you not only are you paying a dollar extra for it to, you know, just because of the size of it, but you're you're also, you know, if you're reading Amazing Spider-Man, you're you're buying this outside the realm of your monthly of your or biweekly or bi-monthly whatever comic anyway. So it's it's extra it's extra extra. You know, you're paying five dollars otherwise for something because you think it ties into the story. Where, you know, frankly, this is something that could have just been roped into another issue of Amazing Spider-Man or something. I mean, it's just you know maddening that this got its own comic to, 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 to tell this story. I mean, what, 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 what is the story, Dan? I mean, like, like, like we literally can just sum it up, right? Like in, in a couple sentences here, right? Yeah. Two sentences. I mean, it, it is a, it's a back and forth through time that showcases how Kindred captured all of these sinister six teams 
put centipedes in their ears and basically has controlled them via MacGuffin and like basically magic spell of sorts to have to kill Spider-Man, right? Like they're all fighting for their lives um, or really just kind of a pl- like a like a place to rule in hell. Like they're all doomed to die. And there there's an action scene with Spider-Man, which I thought was kind of fun. That's pretty much it. It's it, it's a and it's an establishment of like why half of these players are involved in this story. Uh, yeah, maybe there's some fun to be had with the kind of like glut of it all. I don't know. I don't really find it all that compelling. I mean, like, there's nothing personal about this conflict other than people fighting for their lives and like, and having like a MacGuffin that just like allows me to control you. Essentially, you know it. It might as well be a hundred people fighting Spidey or one person fighting Spidey. You know, like the motivation doesn't change. They're all in it to like, you know, survive in a way. And it's just not particularly interesting. I, you know, and to spend so much time setting up how they all got captured when it's just a portal that opens and pulls them through. You could have done that in like a couple pages, you know, or even less. There's something interesting about how these people are captured in, in any way. So they're all just kind of sitting around tables and get pulled through. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this was like, like you said, a nothing burger. Yeah. I mean, and, and not to mention too, like there's nothing interesting to showing this story, but like also like, and you know, I know the dangers of assumptions in the world of anything, but like this didn't feel like new information for me. I mean, we, we, we got months and months of teasers of, you know, of Kindred manipulating Doc Ock to reassemble the Sinister Six. I mean, again, my my general assumption was when all these villains started showing up and harassing Spider-Man, it was like, oh, they're they've all been sent by by Kindred, right? I mean, like, was there was there any reason to believe otherwise that the 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 the, 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 the motivation was being you know sent elsewhere? I mean, like, that's the thing. Like this this. Nothing happened, and also it tells us nothing. You know, like this is this is something that that can just be presumed by anyone with half a brain who's been reading these books for the last six months. So, like, I I just like this totally felt like a complete waste of time for me. The the, the clock is ticking on this story now. I mean, Sinister War is what four parts, right? Yeah, we have we have five issues left of his entire run, and we spent a whole issue of it. And so many things to unpack potentially with Kindred, at least we assume, you know, like how do all of these mysteries that you've set up for 70 plus issues resolve? You know, I mean, I think we're nearing a hundred issues. How do they all resolve? You telling me you're going to do that in a satisfying way. That's not just a exposition dump in five issues and all this sinister war is going to get wrapped up. I mean, I know, like, I was looking at issue 73, they boosted it from 32 pages to 40 pages. And I, I have to imagine it's because the pacing of this has been so all over the place that these final issues are just going to be jam-packed with, like, content, which might be good for us, the reader, but, like, it just doesn't... I, I don't know. I mean, I I didn't need to spend this much amount of time on this, and I feel like we're just... We're holding out artificially to this this dump of a reveal of or however it's going to be handled, you know, and, and, and part and parcel with that is, you know, we know Nick Spencer is leaving for Substack, right? And again, I don't want to assume anything like there's this big news. 
all these creators are going to Substack now. You had James Tinian leaving, you know, DC. You've got like Scott Snyder doing courses on there. You know, everybody is going to Substack. And we know that Nick left, you know, Marvel to go be like a brand ambassador for Substack. He's inviting these comics people into that community over there. And, you know, it makes me feel very much like the image revolution from back in the day where all these people left these books. And I think most of the people that are going there are using it to supplement what they're already doing for whether it's the big two or their own independent things. But like to me, this, you know, I wonder how much of this is Nick Spencer got this opportunity and decided to kind of, you know, jump. And now like, that's why this book has been kind of like rushing all over the place to fit this all in because he's got this other job he's taking on. I don't know. I mean, it feels kind of like that, whether that's the truth or, or, or not. How do you feel about that, Mark? Smells of that. But like at the same time, and you and I were kind of talking offline about this before we started tonight. And, you know, what I had said when we were speculating about that was like, right. I mean, it feels that way all the same. This this Kindred storyline should have been wrapped up 30 issues ago. I mean, that's the bottom line. Like, I don't know what what grand plans Nick Spencer had. I, I don't know if we'll ever know, because frankly, I'm assuming once this run is wrapped, any interviews in the industry that Spencer does is going to be related to Substack, not his Amazing Spider-Man. So this is going to be, probably become one of the great mysteries of time that, you know, future podcasters in our mold are going to like, you know, the way we hunted down Christopher Priest <laughs> talk about the Hobgoblin. You know what I mean? Like, what did you actually mean to do, Nick Spencer, <laughs> when you when you introduce Kindred? Because it's like at the end of the day, it's like rushed or not like. This, this, there's nothing, there's nothing organic about this storyline, and you know, any normal narrative arc would have resolved this thing months ago. You know, so we're not getting it, and and you know, it just this this issue just smacks of more of the same of what we got during last remains and 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 everything else that we've been getting, and and it's just unbelievably frustrating i mean you know we, we you know i gave my my impassioned plea when we had alan on a few months ago about you know like these are comics and you know like these are an escape for us it's been a hard 18 months and you know it seems like it's still hard right now and you know whatever i'm not expecting my little soapbox to to move the minds and hearts and minds of creators but like it hasn't changed like you know i'm trying to get excited about reading spider-man here and like picking up this issue and, and, and flipping through it and, you know, going into my comic book store in a mask to get it doesn't, doesn't inspire me about where this is all headed. Like this to me just felt like a huge step backwards in, in every way possible. Not to mention, we haven't even talked about it. Like the, the general structure of the story, like it's again, it's the bad instincts of, of Spencer coming through in terms of story structure. It's, it's filled with like, forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards, you know, there's no linear storytelling going on here. It's just all these little flashbacks and flash forwards, which makes it really hard to follow. And this is where we're at. And this is the comic we got. And, you know, like if, you know, you hadn't bought this yet, I would tell you to skip it because you're not missing anything. Like we told you what happened. (laughs) I mean, quick, quick fix solution to this. I would literally start this comic with all of those villains in a flashback being pulled into the graveyard through portals. Kindred walks out, says there's centipedes in all of your brains. Go get Spider-Man. And then we spend the rest of the issue on forward action, uh, you know, and, and staying in one place. I mean, like 
it really does make an action scene feel really like staccato because every forward movement you're getting in the action scene, you're going back. And so you can't linger in it and have fun with it because you're, you're in 10 levels deep of figuring out where you are, right? Like if you're going to do that, like front load it and then have some action happen. Cause some of the action is cool. Like I like the bit with overdrive, stealing him on the motorcycle and then shocker using hydro man to blast everybody. Cool idea. You know, like that's the kind of Spider-Man action I, I like to read. Do I wish it was more character and narrative orient oriented? Sure. You know, but I can also appreciate a big brouhaha, especially with pages as packed as Mark Bagley has, has made so many of these things. But it's just, it's like, I can't get invested when I'm spending too much time figuring out where and when I am and, and whose perspective I'm experiencing this from. It, it's just, it's just too much, you know, for a story, this packed, it's like, at least give us a narrative form that is more straightforward. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, you know, not to, not to get too curmudgeonly here, but like, you know, we, we have Doc Ock back in this book in his original form for the first time in several years. And I feel like Spencer is more fascinated, like playing jokes with like slide and the foreigner than, than kind of exploring a little bit more about Doc Ock. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're not going to get, a satisfactory conclusion to his arc here because there's no time. And the, the other thing to, to, to bring up too, just, just in terms of criticism here is we, we established kindred, you know, many issues ago. I mean, was Harry or not or whatever, but like, I feel like his characterization is all like kind of one note here too. It's just, he's just kind of, you know, maniacal villain talking about cleansing sins. And it's like, yawn. I mean, like, we like, why are we still doing this with this guy? Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I am we, so bored of Kindred. I, I, I could never see him again. And I'd be like, all right, great. You know, like, like he's offering me nothing new. Not, not to in, mention, in, you know, we, 50 issues. We, we saw him many moons ago, you know, kill and resurrect Spider-Man multiple times over. Why does he even need to hire all of these villains, you know, blackmail or extort all these villains to kill Spider-Man? He can just kill Spider-Man. Like, it's just like nothing makes sense here. This this, this seems like it's a smorgasbord of, of stuff because we just want to bring everything together that we've been building for. But like, it doesn't make any sense. And it's really poorly constructed and poorly paced and it's it's a poor issue of spider this is this is a bad issue of spider-man dan i i hate to be that way but this is a bad issue of spider-man yeah it, it is bad uh, you know just to balance it out with things i like i think brian hitch's brian hitch's covers have been really cool like just seeing him shove all these people on, uh, uh, on the front of these books is really enjoyable and you know, getting Brian Hitch's version of Spider-Man stuff is not something we've seen a ton of. Uh, like, I, I'm thinking like Age of Ultron, I guess, was was the last time I really felt like I saw him do Spider-Man. I'm probably forgetting something, but I have enjoyed his covers. And you know, when I'm praising a cover that I'm kind of <laughs> kind of digging, I have enjoyed buying these. I kind of wish they were wraparounds, to be honest, because you've got those like it makes me think of like the Ron Friends. Spider-Man saga covers where there's just so many villains packed into it 
and I agreed with what you said earlier. I thought some of the the fight interactions were fun. You know, like I mean, like the the Hydra Man Shocker one was a definite standout. But I mean, like, I mean, that's fluff. I, I I mean, you know, like that's that stuff. If a comic is really clicking, and then you get that on top of it, you're like, wow, that was really great. But when it's when there's nothing else to cling on to, it just kind of feels like like window dressing. You know. And I guess we're going to find out like what's going on with the Spider-Man's death thing, because we have the syndicate who like bring in Anna Kravenoff into their fold who like last, I think we saw her, she like denounced the Kravenoff name. So I don't know like who she is now, but she like straight up stabs Spider-Man Electra style or I guess bullseye style through, through the back. There's no living through that. As, as far as I, I I know, unless it like slipped through his armpit and we're seeing forced perspective. But, I mean, he got stra- stabbed straight through the middle. I, I don't know what's up with that. Maybe he'll be dead in the next issue and be resurrected like you were you were saying. Here's a, here's a nerdy nitpick. And one that I didn't think I would have to make with Nick Spencer is, you know, there's this flashback to the bar with no name where there's the superior foes, so to speak are all hanging out and, you know, kind of talking about how they're getting back together again. Uh, Hydro man suggests he's part of the team and they're, and, and um, I think it's speed demon who says you were never part of the foes, but here's the deal. They never called themselves the foes. They called themselves the sinister six. Come on, Nick Spencer. This is your own team. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Man. You created this. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess kind of to wrap this all up, like, in terms of narrative wise, Kindred like basically says to them, you're all going to die. These centipedes are going to eat your brains. But uh, whoever kills Spider-Man gets to basically rule alongside me in hell. So we're really leaning into the hell stuff here a, a bit more. Kindred seems to like talk to people through these centipedes. It makes me almost wonder if like there's been a centipede in Peter's head all this time because you know, he's been hearing Kindred's voice um, in that way. And we have gotten this really strange, like all knowing perspective from Peter, you know, maybe, maybe I'm reading, reaching too far, which I'm definitely guilty of, but like this kind of thing of just the, the ubiquitous nature of just, you get a centipede in your brain, you get a centipede (laughs) in your brain, you know, makes me think maybe Peter has a centipede in, in his brain or something like that. I don't know. I really could care less about this, this whole centipede in your brain thing. It reminds me of like the red goblin putting the needles in all of Spider-Man's teammates thing. It's just like, you're not going to kill everyone. So like, it's going to get undone at some point. Fine. But it's also such a like nebulous magic spell. Like, Oh, I get to make you all try to kill Spider-Man because of some ambiguous threat. You ever watched like a horror movie where the rules of the monster are never really well established and it just robs you of any fear of the monster. Like what works great about alien is, you know, the rules of it, right? It like it has acid blood. So you can't shoot it when you're on the spaceship because it's going to burn through the hull. It moves quick. It lives in the darkness and it can burst out of your chest. Like the rules of alien are very well established, but then you get movies like, I don't know, like a lot of ghost movies do this where you're like, it's got so many powers. Like you were saying earlier, what's to say this ghost couldn't just kill me at any time. It just seems arbitrary based on the writer and kindred feels like that to me. Now it's like, what new power are we going to invent for this character? If it ends up and the rules all make sense, 
and I feel like we're going to need a whole issue just explaining the rules of Kindred, then fine. But right now, I don't feel any tension because it feels like Nick Spencer could do anything and I would just have to accept it in regards to Kindred. Well said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Want to do a grade on this? <laughs> yeah, like really quickly, why do we have five different art teams like working on this book? Like there are scenes that are divided in half by artists. And like this has just been a long-term complaint and again raises a red flag for Spider-Man Beyond. I'm assuming this is Substack related, but but who really knows? Mark, let's give this thing a grade. Why don't you start us off? I, I'm giving you the, the dubious pleasure of starting this off. Well, I, I am going to give it a D for dubious. So uh, that's all I got. I mean, like I said, there, there, there was enough, enough fun stuff in this to save it from going lower than that. But this is, this is as poor of, of an issue as we've gotten on this run. So, You know, I was thinking like what's below D minus for us because I don't know that we've really gone there before like is, is that just a straight are we going are we on the grading scale where we go straight f or do we have an e plus <laughs> i mean i think it would be an f then but you know like i mean I, I mean is it a complete failure i mean i don't even know if some issues of of spider-verse were failures so <laughs> i think i think the lowest we've yeah, ever gotten was d minus this, this is for me a, it's a it's a d minus like I, I i i think this is about as low as we've read you know it doesn't make me hate the character. It's just so little in a book that's expensive. I think I dislike stories more in volume three of, of Amazing Spider-Man, but like there was not joy sparked by this particular issue. Why don't we, why don't we, why don't we take it the rest of the way home then? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Take us away, Mark. Uh, it is that time, time for all good things to come to an end, including our review of a not-so-great issue. So we want to say thank you to you, the listeners and viewers, for tuning in to this episode of The Amazing Spider Talk. Yeah, this episode was edited by Rick Coates with production support from Andy Myers. Our artwork was handcrafted by artists Ron Friend, Sal Buscema, Ray Sumzer, and our theme songs were produced by Rylan Bojack, Tony Thaxton, and Spider-Match. This episode was originally released on Patreon as a live stream hangout with us back when the comic was first released. So if you'd like to help support our show's continued existence and these reviews while joining us on the live stream, why not head on over to our Patreon and sign up? So, Mark, until I put a centipede in your brain and command you to kill my greatest enemy, what's our motto? Our motto, of course, is with great podcasts, there must also come the amazing spider talk. Don't, don't miss the next installment.